0: A start on
1: demand. on demand.
0: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And I have to uh, make an observation here. And I can't believe that I'm saying this ever, never mind on a Friday. But I think I am actually craving salad. <laughs> oh, I, I hear you. I'm craving vegetables. My body... Is so sluggish. The last I, I kind of just did an inventory on what I've eaten in the last week uh-huh. and a bit. Last Wednesday, I ordered a chicken sandwich from this place called, place called Magic Bird on Sherbrooke. It's called the Cheese Wizard, and it was sensational. Uh, and then on Friday, I doubled down and I ordered just a, like ten pieces of fried chicken from them. And then I had a like a grilled fried egg sandwich on Monday. And then Wednesday, I ordered a pizza from Coliseo on Corridon, mm. And uh, I took it normally at Santa Lucia, but I like to mix it up from time to time. And it's all delicious, but I need Vegetables. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, Lauren.
2: No, I, I think I know exactly where you're at. And it's like it reminds me of this up and down we've all been through in the last six months and your eating habits or your attitude or whatever, whether it's all connected. Like the food is sometimes the thing that makes you happy. And honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that my kid had a project for school last night where he had to, in French, show three steps to making a healthy meal that had, you know, good food groups and low fat and low sugar. He made a taco salad and if it had with no dressing and if it hadn't been for that, let me tell you, that would not have been on the menu last night whoa, whoa, because whoa. I'm not interested. Like I'm
1: <laughs> How did no dressing enter the equation?
2: Well it's slow, it's a it's a healthy taco salad. And honestly, they're the type that don't need it. Like they'll eat their salad without dressing. So there, I, and then they get up. He makes this cute little meal and he does his little presentation on video. And then I said, Okay, great. You can go downstairs and play. And then I get up and I grab the chips and I grab the ranch dressing and sour cream and I'm squeezing it all onto my salad because I was like, That was not fattening enough for me.
1: <laughs> you already studied health. You've already done this. Why do they need to drag you into the darkness of <laughs> yeah. a dressingless salad? This is inappropriate. But they
2: weren't telling him not to put on dressing. That was just his decision, right? I said, well, What do you want to make? And he said, Well, we'll use cheese, tomatoes, beef. Lettuce, and that's it. And I'm thinking, like, jalapenos, even. You Are, you know, awesome. Are you forgetting
1: something? Oh, we something? had salsa.
2: We put salsa on there, too. Eh,
1: okay. It dampened it a little bit, made it m- moistened, moist. Moistened
2: that. <laughs>
0: <salad>. <laughs> yeah, so I guess when I go home today, I'm going to have to make something healthy because I need to snap out of this sluggishness that I am feeling this week. But we do have something throughout the day today that might help to snap us all out of our sluggishness, because Greg, that's something you've been working on, uh, rounding up some unsung heroes.
1: Yeah, and I think these unsung heroes take all sor- sorts of shapes and sizes and the role they play in your life. And for me, it starts with the lady that gives me my tea in the morning. And now I don't want to get her in trouble because her boss Kai our planned to interview. So I'm going to talk in generalities here. <laughs> but the place where I pick up my steeped tea <laughs> on the way into the studio at 201 Portage may or may not be on Henderson Highway and may or may not be open 24 hours a day. Okay. But the lady's name is Juliet. And she's just started working overnights in the last few weeks. She has a delightful demeanor. And a couple of weeks ago, she goes, You know, I only know you as steeped tea. <laughs> And I said, well, I'm Greg. She says, well, I'm Juliet. I said, well, I know you wear a name tag. I guess I should too. And now we have this little fun repartee in the morning. She's delightful. She sets my day off on the right track. She gets me going. She gets me smiling. She makes me happy. And the other day I just looked at her. I said, you know, you're an unsung hero because you just, you make my day and you probably don't even realize that you do it. And her eyes just lit up. And so throughout the day today, we're going to speak to some of those people who are doing those those tasks, those jobs that uh, quite often, whether it's a pandemic or not, go underappreciated. But uh, we're going to talk to a postman uh, or a letter carrier. Sorry if I'm <laughs> saying that wrong. Uh, we're going to speak to someone who drives truck that interacts with us every single day. And then, if you would be so kind as of to send us a text message as to your unsung hero, by the time Julian Richard show rolls around tonight, I'd like to contact them and maybe celebrate them on Richard and Julie's show today. So, just something that we're going to try and weave throughout the day to raise your spirits a little bit, an opportunity to recognize somebody that. May makes your day. They don't have to live on a big stage, but they just do something special for you. you and, know, and
2: I think there's all sorts of people, like you mentioned, the person who gives you your steep tea. I am going to start calling you that, by the way, just steep.
1: <laughs> um,
2: but she, you know, her her attitude gets your day going well she's on the clock at 4 a.m right she's working that overnight shift or it could be the person i have the same woman every day i go in the grocery store hi loren how are you and she means it she's asking and if i right. stop and talk she'll take the time right and there's the i think of our people at the our front desks at global uh michelle and desiree right they come in and they want to genuinely know how you're doing and it's people like that that uh Her doing all sorts of different jobs in these crazy times that we love and appreciate.
0: And indeed, it is crazy times. Of course, we have a lot to discuss this morning on the latest COVID-19 numbers. We had records for the number of deaths, records for the number of people in hospital, record high positivity rate, and we will get to that. And of course, we'll also weave in some debate talk. I will just quickly mention, I tried to watch the debate. Loren, you sent a text saying this debate is better. I turned it on. Biden was railing on Trump about taxes. Trump retorted with there was a witch hunt and there was a spy in my campaign. It was, it, I watched 30 seconds of it and my anxiety went through the roof <laughs> and I turned it off. I had to. I had to turn it off. I said, I'm not going to bed this way because like, I was yeah. getting ready for bed and I, I did not want to go to bed with that. And I just couldn't do it. So. I, hear,
2: I, I hear you on the salad. I hear you on the debate. We're really getting along this morning, Brett. So that's just a nice positive Friday. But hey, look, I, I think we I, I had the worst sleep I've had in months last night. And I don't know if that was the COVID stuff yesterday, the worry about restrictions changing at schools. I kept thinking, please, God, do not shut down these schools. And then I watched that debate. And at least they weren't shouting over each other. That was the win for me. So I took it.
1: One of our loyal listeners, Jack, uh, who I interact uh, personally on uh, with a uh, uh, text on my phone says, Greg, I feel this debate is the same car accident, just in a slower speed. <laughs>
0: Tackling McGarry and McNabb. Tickets and treats pass for two up for grabs for Landmark Cinemas. Phone lines are jammed at 204-780-6868. Here is today's trivia question. They debuted in 1976. The last ones were made 15 years ago, but you may still have several in your home. What are they? Gary, you got a guess?
3: Oh, the first thing that went to my mind was like VHS or tapes or something
0: along those lines. Can you say that again, Gary? Was it VHS tapes? They debuted in 1976. The last ones were made 15 oh, years no. ago, but you may still have several VHS tapes in your home. First crack, Gary, yeah! Right on, Gary. Google free. Google <laughs> free. Right on. <laughs> do you have VHS tapes in your home? I do, actually. I have a copy of uh, an old... Great Cup uh, Blue Bombers win uh, somewhere, kicking around. Nice. nice. How about this?
3: Do you,
2: wait, do you have the machine to play it in, though? That's the question.
3: I do not. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> it but, sounded fun. Uh, there's, there's people out there that uh, can transfer, I believe, to uh, sure. DVD and such, so, but I'm not that talented. I, but, uh, uh, how
0: yeah. about Beta? Do you have any Betamax tapes? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Gary, I'm going to put you on hold. Congratulations, buddy. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, guys. Awesome show. Okay. Thanks, man. Have a good weekend. I still have some VHS tapes. And, Loren, I do still have a functioning VCR.
2: Oh, do you really? It's so funny because you know how I was lamenting my, and I'm putting it in quotes, entertainment unit in the basement with all the wires sticking out and the old table it was on? Finally did something about it this week. It's gone. Got a replacement in. And then I was like going through all the stuff that was on this table. I was like, there's a Blu-ray player here. Why do we have this? Husband's like, I don't know. It doesn't work. Stacked on top of that is a VCR or a DVD player. Do we, has this ever worked? No. Your old (laughs) PlayStation's still here. Uh Uh-huh. Can I throw out these old PlayStation games? I guess if you want to. <laughs> like, If I want to, none of these things work. These have been stacked one on top of each other for 10 years. But yes, of course, I'm not allowed to throw away the games or the tapes or the DVDs just in case.
1: Just
0: in <laughs>
2: I don't case. even know what the just in case is for. needs to go back in time.
0: So the Blu-ray player doesn't, like, it doesn't work? No. Oh. I think you have to know plug we, it honestly, in.
2: Yeah, well, maybe. But I didn't even know we had it. Oh. That's how unorganized that table was. And so I'm putting things... Pulling it out and dusting stuff off, and I'm every new discovery had me saying, How long has this been here? Our whole life together that's been sitting there, literally. our whole
0: oh. life together. That's all, <laughs> just that long. <laughs> um, I, I my parents had a beta VCR, and it was a tank, it was, I bet you. Oh. I bet you it weighed fifty pounds. Sure, it was one of those ones where you push the eject button and then it shoots like the the tray comes rocketing out of the from top. the
1: top. Sure,
0: and uh, but the Beta tapes were superior.
1: They it was were the superior format. It was it was just not good marketing. Yep, and you would think that Sony would have been able to figure that out. The superior technology, the more popular name at the time, Sony was absolutely associated with top notch quality, and the fact that they could. Put those two things together and make that the prominent way we watched movies in our homes henceforth. Massive failure by Sony.
0: Wow. Actually, Loren, you might have some insight into this. Wasn't Beta the preferred format for TV stations, like for for news?
2: To be honest, that's before my time. But they were they were the once they flipped into not just the ones you know commercially, but there was a version that was. Um, Beta comes specific, right? So yes, yeah, so it's not the beta you're thinking of, is all I mean in oh, terms of okay. the tape. Okay. But it's still the same. It's still the same product. And then they went into a whole. I, th- I think the. I think the way we've done TV has changed at least eight times.
0: <laughs> well, hey, Gary, congratulations. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, we have a Santa Lucia pizza up for grabs. We're going to give it away at 915 or 935. Pardon me, 935 based on your text messages at 204 780 And we want you to text us on this particular question. Why are we sometimes reluctant to spend good money on things we need when we might have no problem blowing money on things we don't need? And I am. One of the worst offenders for this. I'm at, uh, there's a North Face store on Grant near Keniston, that strip mall right by Grant and Keniston, North Face Prairie Summit Shop. And uh, I was in there on Tuesday looking for a particular parka they, didn't, they had the parka. They didn't have the color I wanted. I wanted a purple one, but they only had it in black, green, and uh, like a rusty sort of yellow color. And uh, but, but on my way out, I just stopped, and I looked at the glove rack and thought, I do need new gloves because the gloves I've had are like 15 years old, and they, they're dead. They have no, no potency left. So I tried on a pair, and I thought, these are nice. I don't, I don't, I've never had gloves this nice. I looked at the price tag, 60 bucks. I put them back because I've never spent more than $30, I think, on mitts or gloves. And I I thought about it all day. I thought, (laughs) you have no problem spending up to $50 on a pizza, uh, an extra large pizza from Santa Lucia that'll last you for maybe three days, but you're reluctant to spend $60 on a pair of gloves that might last you 10 years? What is wrong with you? So I went back and I bought them the next day. Good for you. I like the
1: justification. I like the fact that you talked yourself into uh, quality purchase that's gonna last you a long time. Don't buy your fourteen year old kids sixty dollar
0: gloves. That that's a bad investment.
1: (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) That's completely fair,
0: especially if they're still growing, right? But um, so it just got me wondering, why do we do this? So we've got Kelly Moore here, Jeff Braun, Jeff Forte. Kelly, why don't we start with you? Because uh, I would see you being uh, financially uh, practical and prudent.
1: Yeah, well, my wife prefers to call it cheap. But... <laughs> 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 but the one thing I think that I can think of, shoes or or pants or, or shirts, you know, it, it's that old axiom, you get what you pay for. Uh, and you should really spend the extra money uh, on a good pair of shoes, especially when you get to my age. But yet, you know what? I'm one of those cheap SOBs that uh, if it's anything in the triple digits, I-, I won't do it. And yet, just like you, Brett, uh, we don't mind spending, you know, 75 to to $100 for a Fun Food Friday. Uh, but you have to spend that same kind of money on a good pair of shoes?
0: Nah. That's fair. I used to, I, I think I used to, I used to wear Skechers shoes and yeah. I spent about a hundred bucks, 120 bucks yep. on a pair of shoes and they would inevitably, uh, I'd have to replace them every year. So I, I looked at him like, I've spent over $500 on these shoes. And I, so then I went and spent 200 bucks. I went to the shoe doctor in Wolseley, but he said, go there, buy a pair of Blundstone boots. And I still have them like five years later. So, uh, yep. some, yeah, you're right. You get what you pay for. Forte, Jeff Forte. what about you?
3: Well, actually... It's, it's about spending money, spending money on something you don't need. And for me, it was last year I bought a keyboard, bought a keyboard. And then I, I told Bron, I was like, hey, I, I bought this keyboard. And he's like, you got to learn Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. Like a piano kind of keyboard? Yeah, a piano kind of keyboard. And so, so I go home and I, I learned Motley Crue. It's the only thing I know how to play. <laughs> I haven't played the piano since.
0: And I spent $500 on this thing. <laughs> 500 bucks to play home sweet home yeah you better be really good at it
1: Uh, it, it, i'm a little rusty it's been a while since i played so (laughs) (laughs) can we get a recording of that (laughs) oh yeah sure this weekend okay thank you jeff braun
4: uh you got to learn how to play something to believe in by poison next for jake money
1: (laughs) great (laughs) another another assignment every
4: hairband has a Every hairband has one piano song that you gotta learn. So we'll start the list with a uh, poison next. Okay. Uh, for me, it's, it's also footwear. I had a pair of sandals. I, I, did the math and I would, since I was a teenager and now I'm 44, um, I've had three pair of sandals, which is insane. The last pair I had lasted about 15 years. And for the last five years or so, it was just painful walking anywhere in them. And halfway through this summer, I, realizes like why am I doing this to my feet I wear them every single day so I I went and you know I I found a a sale of some sort I got like a $150 pair of sandals for 80 bucks or something like that so Uh, it was quality footwear plus I also got to save money because I found the deal so that always makes you you feel even better but yeah it was just I don't know I'm the same as Kelly it's like why am I putting my feet through this at this age it's time to wear comfortable shoes. Loren?
2: Well, I think winter boots would be high on the list for many people. You don't put, you don't put money into those and then you get a good pair like the Sorel's that I know you guys enjoy. I clomp around the studio <laughs> in once. And those were given to me. I still refuse to buy them. And my, my mom's like, I've got a pair of Sorrells. You live in Manitoba. Do you want them? What a difference maker. But I'm going to name something that's a little bit more on the just um, cheap end. Saran wrap garbage bags tin foil when you cheap out on those things you are angry daily because you can't rip you're like the saran wraps not ripping you're like who bought this there's not even a serrated edge then you go to put a garbage bag in it's thin and disgusting it's not holding anything then you go to wrap your food after you're like angry at the saran wraps box i can't you gotta you cannot cheap out on those things
0: Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. Hey, Loren, one of the unsung heroes that we're going to be talking to throughout the day today on 680 CJOB is one of our regular listeners.
2: Yeah, at 10.35, what are our more loyal listeners than a local truck driver? We'll be joining Jeff... To share more about a day in his life, uh, we're talking about grocery store clerks, the woman delivering your online packages, you know, the person who might give you your tea. Greg mentioned earlier about his morning starts off great when he gets his steeped tea delivered from the same woman every morning and her smile just makes his day. And so, uh, Yves will be joining Jeff at 1035 to talk about life on the road. It's definitely had its ups and downs this year and we know It really hasn't been easy, guys. Some truck drivers have been experiencing discriminatory behavior as they move through different communities, stores and rest stops. But we learned something yesterday, Greg, that really caught, I think, some of us off guard.
1: Yeah, Dr. Brent Rusen shared some info that uh, did just that. He said they've received multiple reports of drivers who've been denied health care services even a flu shot because of the misconception these essential workers need to self-isolate for 14 days prior to an appointment. Terry Shaw is the executive director of the Manitoba Trucking Association and joins us now on The Start to explain. Good morning, Terry.
3: Good morning, everybody.
1: Well, uh, you know, we know how important this industry is not only to our economy, but to our way of life. And tell us about what some of your drivers have been uh, sharing with you.
3: Yeah, this is something we've unfortunately been speaking about for eight months now. Um, pretty early on, it started with denial of services around, you know, restaurant access, uh, you know, trying to get a cup of coffee, going to the grocery store. Thankfully, we haven't heard a lot of reports of that recently. But yeah, in the last three weeks... We've received numerous calls, all relating uh, to denial of health care services. Um, we have to assume, you know, the denials are well intended, but we need them to stop. You know, these aren't frivolous activities like trying to get a hamburger or a sandwich. This is somebody's, you know, dental appointment or a health care appointment. And as you folks just mentioned, uh, we heard just this week of a couple of drivers who were turned away when they were trying to get themselves a flu shot.
0: So what would you like people to hear this morning then, Terry? Uh,
3: Truck drivers are Manitobans first and foremost, just like everybody else. Uh, Their work takes them out of the province, but their work also comes with a whole set of health and safety protocols that they have been following diligently for the last eight months. Um, you know, they are uh, not staying home so that Manitobans can stay home, stay safe. Uh, they don't ask for anything in return, but I think they have the same expectation all Manitobans do, which is when they come home, they're going to be able to access the services that they need, including healthcare services.
2: So the guidelines then, Terry, and we're speaking to Terry Shaw, Executive Director, Director of the Manitoba Trucking Association about the fact some of these drivers are being denied medical services. The guidelines are that they're essential workers and therefore they, they don't have to self isolate when they come home. Is that what the, part of the problem is? Maybe just the understanding from the, the receptionist at the front or the person in the pharmacy not getting the rules.
3: A hundred percent. That's exactly the point. Um, when when truck drivers leave Manitoba, uh, they're not they're not. It's not a trip. Um, they're not going to Disneyland, right? They're leaving to get fresh produce, they're leaving to get medicine supplies so they can bring it back home to Manitobans who need it. so the nature of their work takes them out of the province routinely. Um, so they, they can't self-isolate for 14 days. Um, and, and Manitobans don't want them doing that. It would shut down our economy. It would shut down our industry. So, uh, again, the message today is if, the, if they're a truck driver, if they're non-symptomatic, you need to provide them the same services you would any other Manitoban.
1: Terry, this feels like an exacerbation of the sacrifices truck drivers already make when they're doing those long haul runs in in regard to what they give up in terms of family life, sleep, etc. How do do we emphasize how important uh, these individuals are to our way of life?
3: Again, I I can't. Uh, I've said this, I don't know how many times over the last eight months, but uh, for, for eight months, uh, Manitobans have been told to stay home and stay safe. And and the reason Manitobans are able to stay home and stay safe is because truck drivers don't. Um, t- t- working in trucking is challenging at the best of times, even more so now, with all of the COVID protocols in place. Border crossing is different. Engaging with shippers and receivers is different. Um, you know, the, cleaning out your truck, coming home, Uh, Engaging in those sanitary protocols, it's all different. It's all elevated. So yeah, so this is challenging work. And the last thing these people need on, you know, their precious home time is to be denied services. So uh, it's it's not prevalent, but the simple fact that it's happening at all is enough that, that we need to make that public call for it to stop.
0: And do you think maybe this could be a symptom as well of just sort of the increased negativity that many of us seem to be showing each other, whether it's judging somebody for not wearing their mask properly or uh, just like people are getting fed up with everything and then it's getting easier to be negative with one another?
3: Uh, I think there certainly could be elements of that. I don't know. Um, Again, Dr. Rusin yesterday, and I'd like to publicly acknowledge his support of our industry over the last eight months, but, but he said it well. Um, We shouldn't be focusing on stigma. We should be focusing on the basics. We should be focusing on, you know, common sense and compassion when we're dealing with each other. Everybody's not going to get it perfect, um, but everybody needs to try. Uh, And and so, again, understanding those protocols, truck drivers are essential service workers. They don't need to self-isolate for 14 days. If they're non-symptomatic, provide them the same service you would any other Manitoban.
2: Terry, you mentioned truck driving is a challenging job at the best of times. We're not in those best of times right now. Has this added to the difficulties in even just getting people to want to take on this job in terms of filling that position as a truck driver or elsewhere in the industry?
3: Absolutely, it has. Yeah, again, we've been... Uh, facing some HR challenges for some time. Many industries have, you know, the, the population is, is getting older uh, in general. And so, you know, trying to attract that next generation to trucking is something we've been actively working on for many, many years. Compounding that already, Um, In place issue is the fact that, yeah, you know, case counts in the United States were high. For a long time, case counts in in other provinces outside of Manitoba were high. Um, People were uncertain around, you know, uh, COVID. What do I do? How should I react? And it caused a lot of uncertainty. Uh, And truck drivers are human beings too. And and they they felt that uncertainty. They lived with that uncertainty. And so, yeah, it did become challenging to get these people to get out and leave the province and go to the United States. Uh, we, We got it done. We are getting it done. Trucking will always be there to support Manitobans. They just ask for the same support when they come home.
1: A big shout-out to our friends, family, neighbours, those we don't know, those we do, behind the wheel this morning and every single day. Terry Shaw, thank you for this. Terry Shaw is the Executive Director of Manitoba Trucking Association, a good friend of 680 CJOB.
0: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, the question we're asking you this morning at 204-780-6868, why are we reluctant to spend good money on things that we need? Like, I... I, I Was at a store the other day, saw a nice pair of gloves, 60 bucks, thought, no, that's too much money. And then I thought, hold on, you're willing to spend all kinds of money on takeout every week, but you don't want to spend a chunk of change on a pair of gloves that you're going to use for five years in in our climate. So I went back and I bought them. And I'm, I feel good about that. Greg, you, you told me something about what you used to do once upon a time back when you and your buddies would go out to eat.
1: Yeah, my buddy Daryl, he's probably listening this morning. We would go out to eat after work, and I would inevitably order three appetizers that were four, five, six bucks each or whatever. And I'd be hungry at the end of it. And Daryl would go, why didn't you order a steak? I mean, we're going back 25 years. He goes, for 13, 14 bucks. You could have had a full meal, steak, potatoes, veggies, gravy, whatever you wanted. Instead you have – a bunch of appetite. I don't know. I think I'm getting better value that way, <laughs> <laughs> quantity over quality. So uh, he got me out of that habit, and I am a quality. I prefer the quality over the quantity. Although if you you, you check the totes in my basement, uh, quantity is also a favorite yeah. thing of mine. <laughs> but uh, I'll never forget uh, one year uh, I bought my mom a pair of Nike Air running shoes. And my mom had probably never, ever spent more than $10 on a pair of shoes in her life. And she worked on her feet. She was a waitress. She was a courier. She cleaned buildings and offices and stuff. She did everything, anything she had to do. She did it always on her feet. And I bought her these shoes and she called me a week later. She goes, I never imagined shoes could be so comfortable. And she called them her princess shoes. Oh. Wow, that's after lovely. That. So.
2: that's that's a perfect. I said to you after you shared that in text, what's well, the same thing with our beds? Shoes you yes. wear 10-15 hours a day. I've been needing a new bed for two years. <laughs> I spend eight hours in it a day, and I don't want to pull the pit. Like I'm willing to lay in this crevasse that I've dug for myself. <laughs> that I have to like roll myself out of this mattress every morning with like a like a, like a pulley system practically.
1: <laughs> I live you in know? Sun Valley, you live in Spring Valley, good man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. It's Friday, and the question of the day brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace 204-832-6243. And the results from yesterday morning's question. Physicians in Manitoba are reporting they've seen a significant decrease in patient visits since the beginning of the pandemic. Are you still going to the doctor? 38% say, only if I really have to. 36% say, yes, I'm sticking with my schedule. 16% say, no, I'll wait for now. And 9% only if I can go in person, i.e. not virtual. Cast your vote, cjob.com, or you can find that poll on Twitter at 680CJOB, and we will get a new poll up for you soon. How many times have you passed... uh, poppy box before and wanted to grab a poppy but couldn't because you didn't have any cash or change on you?
2: I think the answer, I think every one of us would say plenty of times because many of us don't carry cash anymore, Brett. And so that's one reason why the Royal Canadian Legion is rolling out a really different kind of poppy box this year in conjunction with its traditional boxes. So there's going to be a combination of both. But what's new this year is these new ones are going to be cashless. They'll be electronic boxes where all you need is a debit card or credit card to make a $2 donation. And then get yourself a poppy.
1: It's fantastic. Najma Bond is the communications manager for the Royal Canadian Legion's National Headquarters and joins us now. Good morning, Najma.
5: Good morning, Brad and Lauren. Nice to be with you.
1: You betcha. How many of these cashless boxes are being rolled out right here in Winnipeg?
5: Well, so as you mentioned, um, we will have a pilot project this year. And so that means about 250 boxes across the country. There will be many in HSBC bank branches. There will also be some mainly in Ontario in LEGION branches because it is a pilot project and also a few retailers across the country. So people can check out legion.ca to find out exactly where they are. And we're really excited about this because, as you mentioned, too, it is a new, um, totally contactless way to donate to the National Poppy campaign. And so people can use any kind of tap-enabled device. So it could be a phone, it could be a card, and they're able to make that $2 donation as many times as they wish.
0: How in terms of the number of these cashless boxes that will be rolled out, how will it compare to the number of traditional boxes that will be available?
5: So this year we have over thirty partners and twenty five thousand traditional boxes across the country. So many will still see the traditional boxes that you're used to seeing, and you'll be able to donate cash. Um, but this pilot project will show us how big the interest is and how it goes and if there are any kind of bugs that need to be fixed. And then next year, we'll be able to roll out even more, depending upon how it goes this year.
2: So, Najma, we mentioned the fact that many Canadians don't carry cash anymore. And I'm I'm wondering how that's impacted the money that the Legion receives. Because at the end of the day, we all want, many of us want to put on the poppy. But it's also a fundraiser for you folks. And so people who don't have cash, therefore, aren't donating. Is that part of the equation?
5: Well, it is. What we're seeing, we're seeing a trend to a more cashless kind of society in general. So people are looking for those options, Lauren. So this is partially in response to that. It's also a great response to what's happening to all of us with respect to the pandemic and the many restrictions that we have in terms of interacting with people more closely and touching things. And so it's serving two purposes. But uh, you're right, we haven't seen um, a major drop in donations related to Canadians not donating cash, so they're still donating in that way, and we thank them for that. Um, We also do have the ability for people to donate online through legion.ca, so that's always an option if people can't get out and about this year or if they don't feel comfortable to do so. But most of these boxes, whether they're the tap-and-pay pay tribute boxes or whether they're the traditional ones, will be standalone, so people won't have to necessarily interact with someone. And so that's a little bit different this year because usually you'll see a lot of different volunteers. They will be out but perhaps not in the same number because of the restrictions that we're all facing across the country.
1: Najma, Brett and I earlier were lamenting the fact that it's conceivable we're under three weeks away from Remembrance Day, that in many communities across the country, Remembrance Day services as we know them may not go ahead. Does that make the poppy even more important this year?
5: Well, I think the poppy is such an important reflection of the thankfulness that we all have, for our veterans. And yes, it is a way that people can still remember and show their thankfulness, even if they can't attend a ceremony in person. And always people, you know, we ask and we welcome them to spend two minutes of silence on November 11th at 11 o'clock to thank our veterans for the freedoms that we have today. Without them, we wouldn't be enjoying those types of freedoms. So the poppy is A major symbol of remembrance. And if people are able to wear one, even if they can't attend a ceremony, that would be very much appreciated.
0: And this pilot project with these cashless boxes, I guess, takes on added importance as well during a pandemic. Uh, To be able to tap and go means a contactless transaction.
5: It it totally is, and as I mentioned before, people can tap more than once if they wish. They are not charged any kind of fee to do this, so they simply make their $2 donation, and it goes into the National Poppy Trust Fund. So we're really excited about this method. It's um, a very interesting box in its shape. It's designed in the shape of a gravestone to commemorate those who have fallen, and also the way the poppies are laid out in the box it's row upon row. So it's very commemorative in that way as well, visually, when you walk up to it.
2: The boxes are beautiful, and it's such an important con- contribution that many Canadians want to make each year, Najma. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that we're going cashless, that we're also in this contactless society right now with the pandemic. Did any of the thieves, you know, the the, the stolen poppy boxes, is the past weigh into this decision? Because unfortunately and sadly, that's been an issue uh, around this time of year as well.
5: Well, we have seen that happen occasionally across the country during the National Poppy Campaign. It's unfortunate when it does happen. Um, Usually people are making these types of decisions because there's something not quite right in their life, and they've made this decision that they wouldn't otherwise have made. So we find that um, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. I think, obviously, with a box like this, you know that will prevent that type of a situation from happening. It's not necessarily the reason for the box, but it certainly will help reduce those instances.
0: Najma Bond is the communications manager for the Royal Canadian Legion's national headquarters. Joining us live on 680 CJOB. Najma, thank you very much for this.
5: Thank you so much for the opportunity. We appreciate it.
0: Le Chateau, which says it is seeking court protection from creditors to allow it to shut down and liquidate its assets. So Le Chateau, 123 locations across Canada. Uh, It is shutting down. It can no longer continue its operations as a going concern. And uh, I will... Admit slash confess to having bought a number of shiny shirts from Le Chateau circa my bar days in the uh, mid to late 1990s. Hey, Le Chateau was
1: a fashion choice for a lot of folks. It was a place where you could get reasonably reasonably priced fashions. I purchased stuff there over the years as well. Lots of people going to miss Le Chateau. Lorraine, I'm going to guess we could have counted 1999, Lorraine McNabb in that (laughs) in that pile
2: if you needed to be bedazzled and 1999 Lorraine did yes you could definitely count me in that but actually you know it's one of those stores i would pop back into in recent years and i found that whole reasonably price thing was out the window it sort of had made this shift in the past few years as it was trying to you know make up some ground in the market and i think there's all sorts of things maybe contributing to this beyond just the fact that we're in a pandemic and people might be buying less that's certainly probably one of the factors but it also was trying to um slightly reinvent itself and that might be one of the issues but retail in general man you think of all the different places that have closed in the last year when it comes to those stores that we would traditionally rely on they're not they're not there so i'm curious to see where this goes uh, with their Seeking uh, protection, and those are job losses too, man. At a time, you can least afford it.
0: No question. Also, just want to reset our text talker, our text contest. We have a Santa Lucia pizza up for grabs after 9.30, and we're asking you why are we reluctant to spend money, spend good money on things that we need? We're asking you to give us examples of things that you maybe had a hard time convincing yourself to buy, or maybe things that you have no problem Blowing good money on, like Mel, who texted us at 204-780-6868, saying, what, you mean like 90 bucks for a bottle of single malt scotch? <laughs> on a beer? Seven o'clock in the morning. Scotch?
1: <laughs> <laughs> underrated movie quote from Michael Keaton, Martin Mull. Mr. Mom I forgot it was seven o'clock in the morning I always thought it was eight o'clock in the morning it's even <laughs> earlier than I thought because
2: that's better the eight o'clock scotch yeah oh yeah be that's more scotch by... time <laughs> <laughs> another thing I thought of on that list that took me forever to spend more than thirty dollars on was jeans and that's something you wear like you arguably daily if not three to four times a week you know that jeans winter boots winter coats gloves your bed you use them a lot and you're like oh boy. 29.99 that seems like it's out of my price rate like, yeah
0: I, I hear you I, uh, I the first time I spent a hundred bucks on jeans I choked as I paid for it but uh, favorite jeans I ever bought I got them from Moore's And uh, now I I never buy jeans anywhere else. Uh, Whenever I need new jeans, I always go to Moors. They sometimes have awesome sales there too. So I got no. Sometimes I'll get them for fifty bucks still, which is what I where I like to cap it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I always had this like ceiling. I could only spend fifty dollars on this particular item, and I don't know why. So well, when I was a kid, ten dollars was the budget for running shoes. Yeah, for the North
1: Stars or the Adidas or whatever it was that you could get for ten bucks. And in grade five, I fell in love with Nike All Courts, and they were 19.99. I happened to have a paper route, and my mom and my dad said, "You want the Nike All Courts? We'll give you ten, but you gotta pay for the rest." And so I've been a Nike guy ever since. And I have some Nike shoes I've had for 10, 11, 12, 15 years. And you'll never convince me that buying a bunch of cheap pair of running shoes or less expensive running shoes is the way to go. I'll always pay the
0: extra money for the higher quality product, especially when it comes to shoes. So text us 204-780-6868 for your chance to win some Santa Lucia pizza. Who doesn't want to win pizza? Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And Loren, we want to continue a conversation that we started just about 10 minutes ago.
2: Yeah, we read a tweet from at Brit at Global, Global's Brittany Greenslade. And she tweeted yesterday that when the pandemic started, we had daily briefings with Dr. Rusin. Our numbers now are higher than ever. Outbreaks in schools, prisons, care homes and other facilities. Yet we are still only at two availabilities a week to be able to ask questions. We are also extremely limited to the number of questions we can ask or info we can get clarified, which makes getting pointed important information difficult to pass on to Manitobans, Greg.
1: Brittany Greenslade of Global News has been tirelessly covering all aspects of the COVID-19 pandemic and its effect on Manitoba since March. She joins us this morning. Good morning, Brittany.
6: Good morning.
1: I guess a simple question here. Uh, what was at the heart of your tweet from yesterday and what compelled you to share it?
6: I think there's a lot of frustration. We have Manitobans during these briefings every day that are tweeting at me, sending um, emails, direct messages to not just me, but many reporters that cover these uh, COVID briefings throughout the week and have been for, for many, many months asking questions because everybody has so many questions, especially on a day like yesterday where we saw um, that new restrictions were going to be coming into schools. What does that mean? How many schools is this happening to? Um, is my school affected? There was a lot of questions around that and questions that we can't always get answers to. Um we have moved to those two briefings a week, but we've also been pushed back to those teleconference meetings as opposed to in-person um, conferences with the doctor as well. That's partially due to to safety concerns and having pe- a number of people in the room. But it also limits the information we can get because on a good day, like yesterday, we get three questions each. Um, on a regular day, we get two. and. You can imagine the number of questions you can get through in a 30-minute period when there's that pause and the stop and going back and forth uh, between the phone and the room as opposed to being in that room and being able to ask those questions. And some of them being really simple questions that um, we have difficulty getting answers on or that you feel like you kind of have to, and this is a terrible term, but waste a question on asking or waste a question on a clarification of something very simple that. If we had these daily briefings or we were able to ask them these questions in person, we could get that clarity so much quicker.
2: It's the process there, Brittany, but there's also who you're getting to ask those questions to. And one of our listeners texted in saying, don't just throw poor Dr. Brent out there. Where's the health minister, education minister, maybe the premier? And they do make some appearances. But for example, with this new restrictions coming Monday, this listener went on to say, I'm a school employee and we have no idea how this is supposed to work come Monday. So are we getting enough access to those types of high-ranking
6: cabinet ministers? I don't think so. But I think as a journalist, we never think we have enough access or we never get as much access as we want. And, and Lauren, I know you can attest to that as well. But exactly yesterday on a day where we saw these new restrictions that were going to be coming down – in schools, the education minister wasn't there. He didn't poke his head out. Are we going to hear from him today? We don't know. The health minister has been at a lot of the briefings uh, with Dr. Rusin. He's not always there either. It um, makes it difficult to hold people accountable when you can't ask those questions to people that are the elected officials. Dr. Rusin has done an incredible job throughout all of this, making himself available. You know, we went weeks where we talked to them every single day. They were briefing seven days a week. But it's just that access to information that is so difficult. Um, we can't even get all of the updates online. We asked for care home numbers. It took us six days to get numbers from the province on what the numbers were in the care homes. And there's there's outbreaks happening throughout Winnipeg and throughout Manitoba. Um, We have to ask a question to say, well, what are what is Headingley Jails cases at right now? It's not information that is being readily available. And when when we see our increase in deaths and you see our increase in cases and hospitalizations and a test positivity rate in Winnipeg over six percent, people have questions and people should be able to get those answers.
0: You've also been texting us this morning on spending because we had a conversation earlier today about how sometimes we can be reluctant to spend good money on good stuff, stuff that we need. Like I got, I bought a pair of gloves that it took me 24, a full 24 hours to think about it and then go back and buy them. Uh, 60 bucks for these gloves. Cause I have a, a, well, it was once upon a time, a good pair of gloves, but now it's a pair of, garbage gloves because it's old, they're old and dead, so I needed new gloves and I, I've never spent more than $40 on gloves or mitts, but I thought no, you know what, I'm going to use these for 5 maybe 10 years, so spend, just spend the money. If you can spend $50 ordering yourself uh, pizza by delivery from Santa Lucia getting an extra large meat lovers with <laughs> extra cheese then you can spend $60 on gloves. So, we got some text messages, and we are giving away a Santa Lucia by the, pizza, by the way this was an interesting tip, Loren, from someone who says, my grandfather always said to buy quality for anything between you and the ground. Tires, beds, shoes.
2: Yes, and I love that one. I never thought of that way. It, it, and we had brought that up. Shoes, you're spending all day in them. Winter boots, you're out there in the cold complaining your feet are cold because you spent 20 bucks on a pair of shoes when you could have spent a little bit more but probably had them for 15 years. Uh, tires. <laughs> Oh, I don't give enough attention to those poor tires. But I hear what Grandpa is saying, and of course, I was lamenting my own bed and my inability to want to spend money on something that I spend seven to nine hours in any given night. So there you go.
0: When I stayed at my dad's last year, when I was in transition from moving uh, from one place to another, he had just bought a brand new. What is it, Tempur Pedic? Mm -hmm. I think is that what it is. Tempur Pedic. That's a brand of uh, mattress. Yes. Yeah. He bought a new Tempur Pedic mattress. And I slept on that. And that, and he, like, was in the process of buying it as I shifted over there. So I, I had to crash on his uh, sofa bed for the first couple of nights. And this, <laughs> that thing, it's, like, it's basically diagonal now. Like, it's not even straight. Uh, it's not even horizontal anymore. It's on, like, a 30-degree angle. So I'm just sprawled, even struggling to stay in this bed. So when he got the temperpedic I have never slept better. And, I like, I didn't cheap out on my bed, but I... In comparison, I cheaped out. So the mm. next time I need a bed, I'm going to have to really think about this. I don't think
1: you can trade those in, so you're going to have to. You're going to have to wait till. Oh, it's been, <laughs> I, my, my
0: my bed's. I think about five years old now. Oh, it's so, time. It's yeah, time. It's
1: almost time. It's time. Hey, Dan, I think uh, may have heard uh, my story about my mom and her princess shoes or Nike Airs, and how she never imagined that shoes could be so comfortable. Dan says, my dad always balked at me spending his money on expensive skateboard shoes. Years later, he spent over $100 on shoes. Quote, now I know why you spent money on shoes, he told me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about uh, walking a mile in another man's shoes before you realize the benefits of said things. I like that advice with regards to things that separate you from the ground. Never heard it quite put that way before. (laughs) Eve. Sorry, go ahead, Lauren.
2: Oh, going should say this is another good one, and I—I I think the name's Lana, who texted to say, "I'm an idiot. I'll drop a hundred dollars at the pub instead of getting things that I really need, like a new phone." It took me five minutes to type this. <laughs> I <laughs> must have must have a T9 situation going on.
0: She is on to something there because I can't tell you how many times, and I think that's one of the reasons why I probably never spent thirty bucks or more than thirty bucks on this or or that money on that, because when I was younger, I would always say, "Well." you know, I need money for... I need probably 80 bucks to go to the bar and I got to buy cigarettes. Uh, so I guess I'm just going to have to put off this thing that I need for my life, you know, a new pair of gloves or mitts or I need new glasses. No, because it's going to cut into my booze and cigarettes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that, yep, you're on to something there, Lana. But uh, who's our... We actually don't have a name for our winning text here, Greg, but why don't you read the text?
1: I love this. I bought my first house four years ago, spent good dollars on renovation materials, uh, which was expected i grew up being taught you can buy one quality item to last a lifetime or buy a cheaper option and know you're going to replace it what hurt the most out of the whole purchase was the 150 us dollar garden hose from menards you can budget for anything but cannot budget for that However, this still stands to be my favorite purchase next to my wife's <laughs> engagement ring. Oh, the garden hose, eh? Uh, hey, those self What's so re- good about it? Self-reeling hose. I'm going to guess. What,
2: there you go. That's what I thought that it was doesn't be.
1: kink. That uh, you don't have to worry about pulling it around corners. Uh, I have a fairly good garden hose myself, and um, I would suggest this is uh, an excellent take by our pizza winner.
0: Look <laughs> at might- how
2: his wife feels. Ring. Vanguard
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like how he qua- threw that in uh, next to my wife's engagement ring, of course, because that's the most important thing. But yeah, hey, sometimes it's a simple, like I remember when I bought a, I bought this snow shovel that was like a mixture of a, a push shovel and a scoop shovel. It was like a hybrid shovel. Okay. And I, this was one of the first things I bought when I got a house. And when I told my mom about this, she laughed at me and said, "Hey, you're old. Congratulations, you're excited <laughs> about a snow shovel." <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: are thresholds in
1: life and that is absolutely one of them.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Start podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think.